everyone. Welcome back to the Working at the Wheel podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Dombeck, and this episode is episode two of our new podcast, so thank you for joining us. Uh, Working at the Wheel is a podcast produced by the student leaders from the Christian Campus Ministry Badger Crew. We're set in Madison, Wisconsin, but our goal is to be a resource to young adults all across the world. Uh, we get our name from Jeremiah 18, where God is referenced as a potter, working at the wheel as if we are the clay. Today is the first episode of our very first series that we're calling Home Alone. Uh, very soon, college students everywhere are going to be spending either their first extended break at home or their many generated um, breaks at home back immersed with old family, old friends, and that can sometimes be a tough spot to navigate in a tough environment to go back into. Um, so whether your home environment is something that you're drastically craving while you're at school or something that you're really dreading going back to, we want this series to be a resource to you to make that transition a little bit easier. Um, it's going to be a five-week series. Uh, we're going to mix in some topical episodes all the way through. Uh, but without further ado, we can get this series started. And uh, today's topic, we're going to be talking about friendships, new, old, um, Christian, non-Christian, any type of friendships that you might have that you might be re-encountering in your time still at school or back at home. Uh, so today I'm joined virtually by some really cool guest stars. Um, the one and only Ilya Morrow is here today, as well as Janessa Peterson. Hmm. Um, so hey guys, if you want to introduce yourself a little bit, that would be great. Uh, yeah, I guess I can go first. Uh, so once again, like Vicky said, I'm Ilya. I'm a senior here at UW-Madison, and I'm majoring in Communication Arts with a Rhetorical Studies emphasis. And the trajectory right now is to move out to D.C. next summer. So that's a little bit about me. I'll hand it over to Janessa. Wow. Hey, guys. Um, I'm Janessa. I am a former crew intern, um, but right now I'm actually a grad student pursuing my master's in social work to do licensed clinical mental health counseling. Also, we've got uh, Elena Lotto on the podcast hey, today. Hey. She's going to be my podcast team co-host. How's it going over there, Elena? Oh, we're doing good. Happy to be here. Awesome. So today's topic, like I said, we're talking about friendships, um, new and old. And I was wondering if anyone wanted to just kick us off, get this conversation going. It's the whole point of this is really just starting a conversation. Because um, like I said, a lot of college students um, are heading back home very soon within these next couple weeks for a holiday break. And in the current state that we're in, a lot of schools are having it be completely online from Thanksgiving all the way through um, Christmas break. Um, and that's sometimes a hard situation to approach. So uh, what can we talk about in terms of that? And what advice and um, wisdom can we share with people that are looking for it? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a super good question. <laughs> um, I mean, I think for me, when I think about the trajectory, especially of college, um, I think about my life before community and my life after community, and those are two very different phases of my life. Uh, so my freshman year, um, most of first, all of first semester and then most of second semester, I didn't really have uh, much of what I would call a community at all. I kind of went to school here, um, and I went to crew on Thursday, and that was about it. Um, and my friends were people who partied and kind of got into that scene, and that was the thing that um, I really knew slash, I mean, that, that I didn't know what Christian community actually looked like and actually meant. Uh, but then for me, uh, during spring break, my freshman year, I went on a Texas spring break, uh, to help with Hurricane Harvey relief. Um, and in that time I really gained a community, um, and kind of just that re-energized, uh, my faith and my trust, um, in God and in really just people in general. Um, and also during that time, 
uh, one of my best friends from high school actually passed away. Um, so it was so clear to me that God was utilizing that time uh, to bring together a community in a time where I needed people the most. Um, and really ever since then, um, the trajectory of college has really changed. Like, yes, I'm still doing school, uh, but yes, I have people to do it alongside joyfully and gleefully. Um, and that doesn't mean that it hasn't been hard um, because it definitely has. But I mean, I'm sure as everybody can attest here, when you have community and you have people to go to and you have that, those someones uh, that you can bring your deepest, darkest secrets to, happy and sad, valley and mountain, um, all of a sudden, all of the hard problems don't seem so hard because you have other people to lean in. And you realize um, really what the body of Christ can truly look like when it's working for so many people uh, just besides yourself. So that's my initial thoughts on that. I don't know if somebody else wants to comment on that or what they think about that. Yeah, actually, uh, before we move on, you use the word community a lot. And something we really want to do here at Working at the Wheel is really defining a lot of the Christian lingo terms that come out there for maybe some listeners who aren't super familiar with that. Totally. Um, so I don't know if maybe, Elena, you want to take a crack at this of how, how are we defining this community and how are we defining, you know, finding this community in college especially? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think community as a term gets tossed around a lot, both in Christian circles and um, outside of Christian circles. Yeah, for um, sure. So, yeah, I think definitely putting some up some parameters around what is community? Um, what does that look like? Um, and I think one of the, like, more, like, technical terms for it in um, the Bible is koinonia, like, the fellowship and, like, gathering of believers. Um, it's referenced in Acts 2, I think, verse 42 through 47. Um, and it's just talking about like how, um, believers after Jesus, um, left the earth and they were just imparted with the Holy Spirit were just, um, living in community together and sharing what they had and meeting together to break bread. Um, and so like, that's kind of the example that we almost like model after post like Jesus with like this new church feel. Um, and so like community, like at college, um, for like a lot of people, it's just like, oh, the people on my floor in my dorm or the people that I go to this organization with. And we're like, oh, yeah, like that's my broken down community. But actually, the Bible gives it a context that's like much richer than that, um, I think. And then also um, just like with the um, I think looking at how Jesus and other characters um, of righteousness in the Bible just embody what does it mean to be a true friend what does it mean to support people what does it mean to encourage people um and i think that's the kind of the more the community that we are going after in definition um as believers as christians so yeah yeah awesome i i think that was a really great definition and an overarching kind of you know what the bible tells us community is um and like you said in college sometimes that can be really hard and really easy for people to find some people are naturally drawn towards community and other people don't find it as hard so um like we said the topic today thinking about friendships new and old maybe we can start with um, those new friendships of where and how can we really seek out not only community in general but like christ-centered community and community that is going to help push us even closer to the lord for sure for sure i think um when it comes to new friendships um I think maybe we can even transition a little bit into just thinking about, um, like, what does it mean to be, like, a new creation in Christ, and how does that affect our friendships? Um, just because, like, 
the way that you make friends, the way you think about people, the way you interact with people in general just completely shifts um, when you start following the Lord because everything becomes new. Um, He renews your mind. um, You become this new creation, this new being um, with his identity of life um, just like spoken over you. Um, So the people that you start wanting to surround yourself with um, to support and encourage that come from people that feel and understand similarly like the whole experience of becoming a new creation those are the people that can really push you in that and so finding um, organizations ministries to be part of with people who are on the same page and are unified in that belief is super important Um, and that's like one thing that like crew aims to offer is um, helping each of us like on our path in understanding where new creation and all of what that means come together and um, just really minister to one another and push each other in that journey so yeah other thoughts on that uh yeah i guess i can comment on that real quick uh when i think um kind of just going into new creation kind of like elena's talking about i just think of a passage in colossians 3 um, verses 12 uh, through 15 where it says therefore god's chosen ones holy and loved put on heartfelt compassion kindness humility gentleness and patience accepting one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a complaint against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so also you must forgive. Above all, put on love, the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of the Messiah, to which you were also called to one body, control your hearts. And then this part, I love this part, be thankful. Because uh, I think being thankful is a really hard thing to be right now, um, in spite of all of the craziness, in spite of everything that 2020 has thrown at us, um, whether that's covid whether that's political whether that's racial tension whether that's just adapting to new life and new school online or really just adapting to what the world is now um i don't know i i've just been thinking about those verses in that chapter a lot in colossians yeah i think that's really good i think always going back to scripture and knowing why we're written and what we believe is so so important and i want to follow that up with um ephesians 4 22 through 24 which says You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Um, And I think that that's really important to consider um, as like we move forward um, in this topic of just thinking about, okay, who am I as a new creation? What is my identity in Christ? How do I see Therefore, then others, who either as potential brothers and sisters in Christ or ones that are, how do I interact with them and what, how does my relationship shift with each of those kinds of people um, now that I am a new creation, now that I am walking in this new way of life and putting on love and having that mark who I am? Yeah, I think, I mean, you both touched on um, the whole idea of being a new creation in Christ and um, it's not just like an upgrade or an improvement new and improved Janessa but like you're like you're new like you are made new and you you have God within you right and so um just thinking of like uh Elena's talking about our identity in Christ and um going back to those roots of who we are in Christ and who he is and how he loves us um and that is like the important thing when it comes to Christian community is loving others as Christ loves us um, and I think when you, you're um, pursuing that in your relationship with the Lord, it's a lot easier to 
um, kind of live that out in your relationships with others. Um, and then also to receive that from the Lord through community because he, he uses community too. Um, and so, yeah, I always, I always go back to that too. Awesome. So thinking about obviously being made new, you know, we're, we're going into this time, like I said, where we're entering a break. Whether you're someone listening to this who has firmly believed you have been made new through Christ, or whether you're maybe not quite there yet, um, at the end of the day, we're probably going to go home for the holidays. We're going to see our family. We're going to see these friends um, and these people that maybe weren't with us these past couple months that have really continued to shape what our lives look like in the future. Um so I think defining ourselves as a new creation is so important too. And now it's like, okay, how do we use that in terms of how do we address those new friendships that we created and maybe being in a different environment away from them, only communicating with them through you know, technology or things like that. And then also how do we best communicate and love some of the old friends and catch them up with kind of what's been going on in our lives, you know, what what ways can we do that um, and do it properly without without shaking that growth that we've had through the past couple of months, you know, especially if the Lord has been moving in our lives so greatly, how do we go back home and not fall into those, you know, maybe old habits that we had that, you know, came before us really truly knowing and pursuing the Lord? Yeah, you know, I, I think, um, you know, just to start off my thought, uh, I think of First Thessalonians 5.11, where it says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up as you are already doing. I think that's so important to do, especially in 2020 and when you're not around people um, that you see daily. And I think it's really easy to slip into the, oh, we have the time to talk to them when I'll see them on a Thursday. Um, I know that was my mindset for a really long time, but that just can't be the mindset. Uh, that's not a fruitful mindset. You have to be willing to sacrifice your time and your effort uh, to be able to watch out for people and ask people how they're doing. Um, and not just ask like, Oh, like, how are you doing? Good. Okay, good. And like, not just like, I don't want like your simple blanket answers that are very like surface level, but be willing to go in and dive deeper and ask harder questions. Uh, and maybe, maybe that looks like you being the first one to be vulnerable. Maybe that looks like you being the first one to say the tough stuff. Um, you know, a big part of leadership is setting the example in which you want people to follow. Um, so maybe vulnerability is that way to do it. Maybe community grows in that way. Uh, I mean, I know for me, until I was really honest and really truthful with how I was doing um, and how life had impacted me and talked about my past and talked about things that have impacted me, um, I, for one, didn't feel like I was very honest with the people around me. And I also didn't feel like they knew 100% who I was or why like I was the way that I was. Um, and so I just... <laughs> when when there's a moment of separation like it's not like that that's a forever moment of separation it's up to you to be willing to take the time to do it and to restrand that bond um you know it goes back to ecclesiastes 4 where it talks about um the strand of you know three people are not easily broken um and that, like yes like that's usually used in the idea of marriage but it can also be applied to friendship and community uh, and brotherhood and sisterhood um, and how important uh, when two believers are friends or are with each other and God's in the center of it, like that's a very beautiful and special thing. And that's a great gift and blessing that God has given us. Um, and I don't think we can just like throw it out to the curbside and hope that it comes along again when we come back in January. 
but that community and that strand has to continue to build and be strong uh, through December and through the end of November and through most of January. Um, and that takes effort and that takes time. But from somebody who's taken that effort and from somebody who's taken that time in every single way, it's always worth it. Um, and it might not seem like it at the time, uh, but when you get nostalgic and reflective, you start to realize like how worth it it truly was. Um, so I think you just have to realize the impact of your actions. And even though it might not seem large or monstrous at the time, it most likely is. Yeah, and I would even add to that by saying vulnerability is hard. Mm-hmm. You know, vulnerability is not something that is easy to do. But luckily enough, when we every time that I've surrounded myself with, you know, a community of believers, vulnerability has become so much easier through that time. And vulnerability has been... Um, accessible to me and has been a lot more rewarding because these people you can trust that they're truly caring about what you're saying and that when you're being vulnerable there's a lot less fear that goes into it so while vulnerability can be scary it can be hard it's it's something that is really important especially in these new christ-centered communities that we're building right you know that's it's it's a huge part of that so not only being vulnerable with other people but making other people feel loved to be vulnerable with you you know it goes both ways yeah absolutely um that that just makes me think back to um elena had referenced um acts chapter 2 earlier um verses i think 42 through 47 and and there he said um that they devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles um and when you think of that like doing that in the context of community of other believers chasing after the word um, and trying to live that out, there is that degree of accountability too. And so when you couple that with vulnerability, um, your brothers and sisters in Christ can hold you accountable to those teachings um, and to living out the word. And in turn, you can use that to be a witness to your non-Christian friends too, because we talked about being a new creation in Christ. Well, your choices and the priorities you have are going to change. Absolutely. And so you're going to, you're going to go home and you're going to see some of your old high school friends and um, you know, you might be a completely different person to them. Um, and that doesn't mean that you guys can't be friends anymore because you have different goals or priorities. Um, but it, it truly means that you have this amazing opportunity to be a witness um, for the amazing transformation that the Lord has done through you. Um, and just making sure that you're taking advantage of that opportunity um, and just trusting the Lord to work in that. I think also the fact of the matter is every time that you know, a freshman goes home for Thanksgiving break, their first Thanksgiving break. And even a lot of times when you see sophomores, juniors, and seniors go home, something is new. They have grown in one area of their life, whether it be in their faith or something else. Something's new. They don't come back the same exact person that they left. And that's the wonder of being in college. And that's the wonder of living on your own, right? That's something that's almost guaranteed when, you know, you write that check out for tuition to the university. Like, your life is going to change and it's not going to be easy. So now it's, okay, how can I best communicate that with maybe, like Janessa was saying, my old high school friends um, and say, this is the experience that I had and it's been really great and it's been really awesome for me and that might not make us super similar anymore, but that doesn't mean that we can't still be friends and that doesn't mean that we can't still communicate about this. And I think that's super important too is, you know, being vulnerable with the people that were in your life before this growth. Mm. Vulnerability is just as important Mm. there, too, in being open and saying, hey, you know, my faith has grown drastically over the past three months. Or, hey, I'm starting to fall away from my faith a little bit. 
what, you know, what can you do to help or how can you best love me? And being vulnerable with the friends that you go back to is going to reveal a lot to you about the type of community that they are. And some of the conversations might not go the best. Some of them might surprise you and be some of the best conversations that you ever had. But if we're not vulnerable, we're not going to get the opportunity to do that. Yeah, that's so good, Vicki. Yeah, I just wanted to say, too, on that, um, I think that our friends at home, um, it's just, like, another sphere of influence to step into boldly. Um, And, like, we're always supposed to be testifying to what the Holy Spirit is doing um, in our lives and all around us, both here and at home. Um, And so, yeah, I definitely think just... um, being super like honest and vulnerable and sharing um, with them, believe it or not, um, about like what you're going through, what you're learning. It's just like it, it can become such a powerful place to um, testify to that, just like Janessa was saying too. Um, so I definitely, I love that. I think that's such um, a great way to view it because ultimately if like, you know, Jesus is our best friend and um, we want other people to experience the new life that we found in him and like have all of the spiritual blessings that we're experiencing and the things that we're learning um it's like we need to be bold in actually sharing our favorite thing um with other people whether they're believers or not um because i think it can be an encouragement to a believer to hear something like that and i think for someone who's not it's an encouragement for them to be like wait like who is jesus and like can i please get to know him because he's awesome so um yeah just even thinking about it from like that standpoint um, and then one other thing that I thought of um, in the context of uh, relationships with fellow believers um, is James 5.16, which is says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Um, and I think that just goes back to making sure that you are surrounding yourself with people um, at home and not getting isolated because we do need to confess um, our sins to each other and pray for each other um, so that we can be healed so that we can get past those things um, and move forward um, and just knowing that our prayers with other believers are like like they're powerful they're effective they change the atmosphere um, that we're going into and so not neglecting to pray um, with people is so important and one thing that I found for sure in my life with my friends that are believers is that Um, a lot of our relationship is built on prayer and taking things to prayer with one another. And I really think that increases um, your closeness and connection to someone. So, yeah. And I think um, maybe I just want to ask this as a question to you guys is, um, what do you think uh, for the person that's going home and who's maybe just like, yeah, like, I think that's all great. I have my believer friends at school, but like, I don't really know anyone like that at home. Like, what what are my next steps? What what should I be doing? Like, I don't know where to go from here. Yeah, for sure. You kind of stole my host job there, too. That was a question that I was going to ask, and now I got to answer hey. it. But hey. I definitely can testify to this. I mean, when I came to college, you know, I had a very lukewarm relationship with the Lord, I would say. It wasn't um, the best that it could be, and by any means right now, it's still not the best it can be. Um, but coming in, I didn't really know a lot of what a relationship looked like. And when I found that, especially before Thanksgiving break, or maybe before second semester started, it was amazing. And you know, my first couple months on campus were full of just this joy filled community. And then I went home and I started to reconnect with my old high school friends. And 
it was still great and I still enjoyed talking with them, but it was just different because I felt like there was a part of myself that I almost had to hide because they didn't understand it or they didn't accept it. And I didn't want to do that. I mean, Jesus had shaped my life so much through those first couple months that I didn't, I didn't want to suppress that and I didn't want to hide that. So in terms of the next steps and what I would encourage people is, you know, be bold in your faith. It's a hard thing to say. It's a hard thing to do. But at the end of the day, it's worth it. Every single second of being bold in your faith is completely worth it. Because the thing is, you, you always hear teachers say, ask a question because chances are there's someone else in the room that has the same one. Speak up. You know, there might be people in your community group who are feeling the same way that are really seeking for that mm -hmm. extra satisfaction that you, God will, were able to find. Mm. So speak up and be an outlet. It's, it's terrifying. And I'm not saying that it's not because I remember going home, having conversations with some of my old friends, and I was absolutely terrified of what they were going to think with me. And they were going to put labels on me as, you know, kind of like a this Jesus girl who thinks that I'm entitled or better than anyone else. And, and that those are hard things to come to terms with, you know? But at the end of the day, being rooted in the spirit and being able to just kind of live and overflow the spirit in our lives around those people um, is gonna just be that seed that God can work with, you know? And not taking, not taking maybe rough conversations as something that was your fault either, you know? Be a seed for the Lord, overflow with that spirit, and he's going to be able to work so much through you. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, if we kind of go back and we just are complacent and, you know, we maybe don't take the risk of having those tougher conversations, it's a little bit harder. And it's definitely not going to be as an enjoyable experience, you know, when we're suppressing the spirit. And anytime we su suppress the spirit is not a good time. <laughs> yeah. So good. So true. And I think, too, um, as far as it gets involved with, like, I don't know, like, finding other organizations around home or churches to become part of, um, you know, I think there's a lot of people that go to UW that are from a small town in Wisconsin, and they're like, hey, like, we really don't have a lot of, um, like, options. And I think, um, like, even in that, it's so important just to be using like still your time um to just dig into the word to pray like you're you're not alone you're not completely isolated um and you get you get this opportunity over break to still connect with the lord in that way however if you do have the option to join like a very solid church awesome go for it i joined a church um at home after i came back from my freshman year of college and it has been monumental in how I have grown in my faith and not because of the church itself but because of the way it's connected me with community through my small groups or through the prayer and worship nights that we have um, like three days a week and just getting to go to those things with people and bond with them um, and discuss like the revelations that the Lord is like laying on our heart like that is so awesome and those are even things that we can organize like at home like if you want to organize like a prayer and worship night like go for it I've had people do that I've done that at home it's so fun it's like taking steps of boldness and pursuing that too um and you can just trust the Lord to provide for um things that honor him like honestly people will show up people will care um and you'd, you'd be more surprised um who you'd even reconnect with um when you go back to your hometown that 
may have actually also discovered the Lord while they were away at college. I have found um, a few people back home for me, granted my class was 750 people <laughs> um, coming out of high school, but I've had people that I didn't even realize, like, you know, reach out to me and be like, hey, like, saw your Instagram post about, like, this scripture or, like, this thing. Like, would you want to get coffee and chat about God sometime? And I'm like, heck yeah, I would. <laughs> like, that's awesome. So just, like, things like that, too. Like, um, you never know what other um, stories are happening around you with people connecting with the Lord and how you can uh, be part of their story, too. Yeah, if I could, um, I'm just going to go back to your original question there, Elena, too. And I think a lot of times when it comes to community, a word that gets thrown around a lot is intentionality. Um, but I think it's so important. And not only is it important, but it's, it's important to be intentional with who you're being intentional with and also how you're being intentional. Um, and so, like, I have a friend who will describe... Um, she uses an analogy to describe friendships as like buckets and who you're putting your water droplets in buckets or whatever. Um, and sometimes we're putting um, droplets in lots of buckets, a few droplets in a lot of buckets. And then sometimes we're putting a lot of droplets in one or two buckets. Um, and then sometimes we have the tendency to kind of separate our buckets, right? Our believing bucket, our believing friend buckets and our non-believing friend buckets, but they don't necessarily have to be separated. And I think too, like even when you think of like body mode evangelism, like people um, seeing the gospel through the body of Christ loving one another, like how can you take advantage of that? Um, and I think too, like with especially going home because of like COVID and changes in the transitions, it almost proposes some um, like easier ways to do this um, because now it's like not out of the norm to have a virtual movie night or not out of the norm to do a virtual game night which is totally something you could do with your friends back home and your friends from Madison and allowing your non-believing friends to kind of experience the community that you got to have when you came to school um, because I mean I can't imagine like being a freshman right now during a pandemic when yeah. you might not be able to allow, you might not be allowed to leave the dorms or like you might not know how to get connected with a student org. And so for you, but for you listening, like you might have something that your high school friends didn't get to experience yet. And so um, they, I, I don't know, I just think it's a really cool opportunity to do that. Um, and then too, just like going back to intentionality, I think it's just being wise with like what you're already doing. So whether this is your friends from home or your friends from back in school, um, I have a Marco Polo group chat with, I have a friend who moved out to Virginia and another friend who's in Northern Wisconsin on campaign, a friend in Florida, and we have this Marco Polo to stay in touch. And so that's one way that we're being intentional with each other. Um, and we use it to pray for each other, to give each other updates, things like that. Um, another thing is like, what are you already doing that you can bring your friends into? Um, so we all wanted to read a book. So every Wednesday night we're reading a book and we're discussing it together. Um, some of us, this is embarrassing, but we're watching The Bachelor. So we have a group chat and we're going to talk about Bachelor stuff because we're already doing this. So why not do it in the context of community? So I think a lot of times, especially when you think of the buckets, sometimes you have a lot of buckets and it can seem exhausting. Um, but when you're intentional with how you're doing it, it's not as exhausting because you can look at what am I already doing that I can bring others into? Um, and how can I use this to honor the Lord and maybe be a witness to my non-believing friends? Yeah, and I'll say something quick too, and I can see Ilya is about to 
interrupt me and jump in himself over there. But um, in terms of the Lord calls us to love everybody, period. Not love only Christians or love only non-Christians or love this group of people and not the other group of people. It's love everybody, period. So in terms of, you know, like you were talking about with separating our buckets into believers and non-believers, we don't have to do that Mm -hmm. because we should be loving everybody and every single person because we're all flawed and we're all broken together. So in terms of that too, it's why are we separating it when the Lord wants us to integrate everything into one body of Christ? Yeah, um, that was all wonderful. Well done, by the way. Shout out to everybody on that one. That was a good, <laughs> a good dialogue. Um, but going back to one of like the original questions uh, of this discussion, um, talking about like what happens with your faith when like you leave, um, and I think the question that comes to ha- to my mind is now what, right? So now that you're gonna be all home by yourself or whatever or around unbelievers, now what? Like, what are you going to do? Was faith just a cool thing that you experienced for two months? at college and now you're going to leave that or are you going to be willing and be bold um like vicky talked about earlier and be willing to dive into the word be willing to pray uh, be willing to have those weird tough conversations and they don't have to be weird they don't have to be tough you can ask innocuous questions (laughs) and like it's just you checking in with somebody and just starting to ask um you know it's amazing what happens when it seems like you care or you act like you care or you take time to care uh, for somebody, how vulnerable and how open they become. Um, you know, I think for me, when I look at the pandemic and quarantine and everything that's happened in spite of that, I've actually been very thankful of God in that time. Like, I, it times like these are a really awesome time to make your faith and your, like, relationship with Christ very independent. Uh, you know, it's really easy to think God's the greatest thing of all time when you have other people around you that are constantly, consistently reminding you of that fact. Uh, but when you're put by yourself and you're in your room by yourself, uh, it's up to you to take that seriously. It's up to you to take time to take that seriously. Um, and that's a really beautiful and wonderful opportunity that God blesses you with. Um, so I think you just have to understand and realize that it's there's a blessing in going home and being alone and being by yourself. Like God doesn't do that unintentionally, right? Like he's He's not a God of inauthenticity. He, he takes time to do what he needs to do in order to grow you. Um, and I think that's just a very important thing to remember and keep in mind and also apply uh, when maybe your mind goes astray or your thoughts go astray. Because over winter breaks in the past for me and over spring breaks in the past and now over the past seven months, God's given me a lot of opportunities to just grow uh, independently in Him and independently trust in Him and believe in Him and know like, you know what, God? Like, you are God. Believe it or not, you know everything. Uh, you know, He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's all these things. Um, and God's not a... God's not a God of failure. God's not a God of like, he doesn't know what's going to happen. Um, I think Nate Anderson says it this way. Has it ever occurred to you that nothing has occurred to God? And I think that's such a weird, but amazing way to say it in a sense of like, God's not going to be surprised by what happens. Like God's not going to be surprised by your actions. They're like, whoa, Ilya, there is no way you, he was like, yep, I saw you doing that. That was dumb, but it's okay. Like, I love you. I forgive you. Right. And it's like, so like, I think you just have to understand and realize that God is not leaving you, right? And a constant story that comes to my mind when I think about people that feel alone and feel helpless and feel like they're in this valley is I think about the story of somebody who, you know, was in the desert, 
walking with Jesus and everything's sunny outside and it's beautiful and you can see two footprints, right? Uh, and all of a sudden there's storms that comes in and everything starts going wrong in this person's life and there's just one set of footprints and all of a sudden everything gets bright again and everything's good again. And the person gets mad at Jesus. He's like, God, like, like where were you during this time? Like there was only one set of footprints. And, you know, God's like, well, that's actually when I was carrying you. Um, and I think that's such like a representative story of like what happens when we're like alone. Like God's not leaving you. He's not pushing you off to the side. And you're not like some like second option in God's mind. Like God has the capacity for everyone to be his first option, first love. And that's really beautiful. And that's really wonderful. And that's really something that's worth clinging to, hoping to, and telling people about. And you guys can't see Ilya right now, but he just did a mic drop with, with that story after he said that. I wish. Shrek I would like, love to do a mic I'm done drop. done now. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> awesome. Well, I, I think everything that we've talked about today has been so life-giving and, and so full of truth. And I really hope to anyone listening out there that um, there was something within this today that you were able to really grasp on um, in maybe something that might that you don't want to happen in terms of going home you know you might be dreading a little bit um i hope that this really helps you know get you through it and and give you some really good wisdom and how to navigate that um so one thing that we want to do here working at the wheel is we do this thing called a reference minute after after we finish talking um so this is just a time for our guests to kind of throw out some of their favorite um authors uh, preachers, other podcasts that they listen to, anything that might have to do with this topic, but obviously it doesn't have to. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll open it up right now. If you guys have anything that, you know, you would encourage people that if they're looking for more information about this topic or just in general to, to really seek out. Uh, I guess I could just say what I'm kind of reading right now. Um, so I'm reading, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist by Frank Turek. Uh, this doesn't specifically apply to this, but just in general, it's really good to be reminded about like why you believe in Christ and why there's truth in Christ. Um, so that's why I love reading that. I just got done reading Case for Christ by Lee Strobel, which is also a very, very good book. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this really cool book. Um, it's called The Bible. Uh, 100% would check it out if you have the opportunity. <laughs> oh, it, is, it, is worth, it is worth the look. Um, and then also a podcast. I don't specifically have, um, like a, like a God or Jesus podcast that you might be looking for. Engage and equip is always good. Uh, but one that I really like listening to right now, in spite of all this political tension is left, right, and center. And it just talks about all the political issues from all sides unbiasedly, which I think is really necessary right now. Um, so that's one of my favorite podcasts because it's very unbiased and I like unbiased news currently. So those are my little tidbits and anecdotes. Yeah, awesome. Um, I listened to a little short series last year. Um, I think there was a few episodes in it, um, but I listened to The Porch and Views from the Porch. You can find it anywhere you can find podcasts. Um, but they did a series called Surviving and Thriving the Holidays, um, which was just really good talking um, a lot about the same kind of topics that we've been talking about here. So if you want some follow-up, um, or something just to kind of complement what we've already talked about today. I know that's an awesome series. Yeah. 
Um, well, uh, Ilya kind of already plugged it, but one of the podcasts that I listen to on a regular basis is Engage and Equip um, by High Point Church. That's just the church I attend here in Madison, and I think it's really great. It follows along closely with the sermons, um, but each podcast um, itself is really good. And there's like over 200 podcasts, so if you're just looking for something and there's something specific on your heart, chances are there is going to be a podcast episode about that. Um, but another really good book that I have read um, recently is Get Out of Your Head by, Jen- by Jenny Allen, and um, she has a podcast called Made for This, um, and season three of that follows really closely along with the book as well, so check that out. Um, and then I also, I don't know if y'all know KB, um, but he has a um, great podcast called Southside Rabbi um, that uh, hits on a lot of um, topics related to racial injustice as well, so I check those out. Awesome. Yeah. So make sure you're checking out those references because, like we said, we are not surprisingly the only people out there that are preaching the truth. Um, so just sur- surrounding yourself with the truth, like Ilya said, using the really cool book that is the Bible itself, um, we can we can really learn so many things in that. It amazes me every single time I open it how deep the content is in the Bible and just thinking about how any question that we could ever have in this world an answer is in about a thousand page book and that just shows how powerful um our god is and how he is speaking to us so well through that yeah the Bi- the bible's not a one-time read it's a consistent constant read amen yeah for sure there's always a new way to grow amen cool well, i appreciate you guys being here today being here is in air quotes obviously as we're uh, looking at each other through a computer screen but um, yeah, it was it was really great to to see you guys again and and hang out uh, next week. Uh, working at the wheel, we are going to be talking to some Wisconsin Badger athletes, and they're going to give us some insight into uh, what it looks like to minister towards some friends and even some teammates. Um, that's kind of building off this episode. Um, that episode will not be a part of our Home Alone series. It's kind of a piggyback off of this one right here. But we will be back in our Home Alone series for week four. Uh, So make sure you check that out. And once again, thanks for tuning in to us um, here at Working at the Wheel. And we hope to see you and have you listen to us next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Peace. Bye.